you tired of feeling afraid? CAL is here to protect you and your property from all costume menace, be it terrestrial or extraterrestrial or supernatural in origin. CAL offers convenient monthly payments in the plan to fit any budget, so let's go ahead and get you started with your gold plan today, okay? And why would I need the cast of Godspell for protection? So, hi. Welcome to Venture Bros. Venture Bros. Podcast. Me, hope it's always Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Nick Wacky Races Friedemann. I love Red Mantle. Isn't that his favorite one? Or am I thinking of the other one, Dragoon? Which one loves Wacky Racers? Red Mantle thinks he was in uh, Wacky Racers. That's what it is. That's right. right. Yes, they were quite wacky. Oh boy, we also have Mr. Matt Johnny Quest Dykes. Woo! I'm on board with that. Yeah, give me the big one. Yeah. The I, whole, I will the turn the whole reason that we're here. I will turn into a drug addict in the future. <laughs> no Johnny Quest, no Venture Brothers, no Venture Brothers podcast. It's a ripple effect. <gasps> oh. Without Johnny Quest, the whole universe falls apart. I mean, that's how it feels sometimes, doesn't it? All the time. Doesn't it? <laughs> oh boy so we are in season six we made it but uh it's kind of a weird entry into season six because to get really prepared for the season you had to watch a trailer for the season like it was required yeah isn't that kind of weird a little bit it was a weird idea very venture brothers that's true like there there was a trailer attached to it but it did bridge that last little of a gap that uh, if you did not watch it, you'd be a tiny bit lost. Uh, so that's what we're going to start with this one, and then we'll move into Hostile Makeover. Um, there is a... I'll make sure to send the link to John so that when the post comes out, you can watch it if you haven't seen it before. But there is a little three-minute short video that came between all this and Gargantua 2, which we covered last week. Go back and listen to that if you missed it. And the new episode, Hostile Makeover, that explains how they went from the compound to New York. And... Uh, I'll do a very short breakdown, which is essentially it's uh, Jay Jonas's or Jonas Venture Jr.'s uh, funeral where the will is read to Rusty. And they find out that although he gave Sally, um, Sally Impossible, the Spider Skull Island and a generous sum, he left everything else that he owned to Rusty. So Rusty is now a billionaire in charge of a huge technical corporation in New York. And, homes, and owns the new headquarters of that corporation in New York City's complete with a penthouse for his entire family. Rusty Venture is rich again. Yeah. Yeah, he's essentially won the lottery. As Yeah, essentially. And then if he was afraid that he's going to lose too much money with any employees, he makes sure to uh, take care of that real quick. But we'll get into that in a minute. Hmm. Uh, what do you guys think of this? I, I actually kind of love this, and I in a way, wish more shows would start doing this. It's weird, but it's kind of awesome. Oh, it's great. I mean, I'd never seen I didn't even know this thing existed until you mentioned it. And yeah. then like, when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is actually really cool. I do have one issue with it. And it's a, What's that? It's a continuity issue. So, in this, he falls or he faints, just falls off his chair. When we cut to Hostile Makeover... He's on the floor, 
after he's fainted, grasping the will. He did not have hold of the will, though, when he fainted in this. That's so nitpicky that I'm willing to let it slide. I know it's nitpicky. And I know it's nitpicky, but it just, as soon as that happened, I was like, ah, continuity error. It's like. I don't, you're not wrong. I, I, it's not anything I'm going to hold up on too much. Because, like we said, this isn't the same episode. This took place, we got this, like, I think three weeks before the actual episode. So, you know, maybe somebody shoved it in his hand while he was passed out. Like, <laughs> hey, don't forget. I know you just passed out, but you need to remember this stuff. Maybe he recovered, looked at the will again, and then passed out. That'd be a very rusty thing to do. Yeah, it would actually. I need but yeah, it, it definitely is a continuity error. <laughs> 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 I just love the idea of the monarch getting a jump off the electric fence as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I also love the idea that fucking Jonas Venture Jr. had in his last will and testimony that people had to hum along the crash test dummies at his funeral. <laughs> With the pirates singing it. I did tell my wife as we were watching, I'm like, so you know this has to be added to my funeral, right? I need a guy mimicking a pirate singing the crash test dummies. So you've While got playing the... an accordion. <laughs> you you've got uh this for your funeral. I've got the uh the the old venture one, so I need someone to piss on my grave and then the youngest to stick a shit on it. Well then what's, for Nick we'll Nick? just post it for Nick we'll just slap a post it on that says fix it and watch him in his face. Yep. Uh huh. That, that works. oh god i fucking love that we didn't talk about that at all last week with trace here but just we did the first time (laughs) when he was launched into space the fact that he's launched into space with a post-it note that says fix it it's still the greatest thing in the entire world um it's like on the exclamation mark and i just hear him saying it like that as well fix it (laughs) (laughs) oh the aliens fixed me pp cancer like it's fucking great (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, okay, so hostile makeover. Is that everything we can say about the, the interlude? I, let, let's just spend one more quick second on it. What I was saying for a moment before I got sidetracked, I wish shows would actually do this instead of trailers. Yes. That would be make really sense? good. Like, I wish movies would anything. do this instead of trailers. Yeah, like you go back to like the, the Conjuring when they had that trailer which was just the scene of her following the clapping through the house. The most effective trailer I've ever seen. It was just a minute and a half clip of the movie, made me scare the shit out of me, made me excited for the movie, and I saw it opening weekend. Why don't people do this? This is a great idea. It's it's an amazing idea, and I really am sad that they don't do this more often because it's it's such a more effective way of selling something than being like, here's a bunch of clips with no contests that are going or no context that are going to spoil everything. And that's why I think this show did it so smart. We had a three-minute little short thing, and then 30 seconds of, like, hide your uh, hide your fine china, hide this, hide this, the brothers are back. And then you get, like, this little, like, super fast edited. Yeah. You're back. And it's like, I've watched this thing so many times, including the trailer, and I get chills every time because it's done so well, and it makes me so excited to watch the season. I mean, since you posted the video, I've watched it about six or seven times or something. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm almost annoyed they didn't do it again for season seven. But, you know, what can you do? <sighs> Anyhow, so now that we're officially into season six, even though Gargantua 2 is still part of it, and so was the video we just talked about. But here we go. Episode three, as it says on, on Hulu, Hostile Makeover. Which is what? confusing. It's, it's a little one. confusing. 
I mean, it's like, right? especially with season six, which is undeniably the first, the like the season that has definitely a running arc throughout it. Like, oh, yeah. Every episode kind of just like falls on from the next with season but six. according to Hulu, this is episode three. Hulu. I'm not going to get into it. It's weird. Hulu's uh, an idiot. <laughs> Hulu is an idiot. Uh, I think, and this is going to be a bold claim. This might be the best quasi season opener they have. Agreed. Yeah. It it sets the tone for what you're about to see for the next two seasons better than anything you could possibly imagine. It gets the sense of humor right. It sets all the main characters right. It, it even gives you a uh, oh fuck what's her name um, White Whale's daughter like she doesn't have oh, Serena. This, but yeah. Serena and like you get everything everything that's gonna be a major player from here on out is soft introduced here. Yep, and even and like what clearly will end up being the downfall of this whole thing set up here. The the spending of money recklessly. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like they even have a little bit of a band-aid in there with the uh well he fired all of his employees, so he's having less money go out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but also Hank bought a giraffe. So I yeah. uh... called Mr. Reachmore. Mr. Reachmore. <laughs> Oh boy. There's actually a cut scene where they where they showed them uh, returning that as well <laughs> to the zoo. Well, of course. But my god, what a great fucking moment. Where'd you get this giant stuffed giraffe and it just starts walking? It's like, oh yeah, I got that for Dean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, full disclosure. First time watching through like when I got to season six, when I was watching through the Venture Pillars, I somehow missed all this in Gargantua 2. I don't know how I missed oh. it. So I went from the season five finale to this. And I was a bit like, what's all this Gargantra 2 stuff they're on about? But I wasn't fully lost. There's enough in there that sort of explains the situation away. And you, it was really weird. But then when I went back and saw all this in Gargantra 2, I was like, oh, this is this makes a hell of a lot more sense now. But it was I wasn't ever like really lost or confused, which is pretty impressive considering... A lot of the story points for this whole season were set up in all this in Gargantua 2. Well, and I feel that that also comes out of the studio note of people thought it was too hard to jump into. So they really hit that reset button hard. And if you'd missed everything, you'd be fine-ish jumping in here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, I agree is, with that. Like, so some of the characters would seem a bit, you know, you'd be missing backstory on some of the characters like the Monarch and, you know, what what's actually going on with him and Dr. Venture, really. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you could just start this as off as your first season. Yeah, what, I wouldn't I mean, recommend. Kind of like going, like to uh, to go for a different franchise entirely. It'd be like starting uh, with the reboot of Doctor Who in season five. You could; it would make sense. Matt Smith is a total hard reboot on everything that came before it. But do you have to? Like, do you really want to start that late? Because you miss some great stuff if you do. And this is kind of the same thing. You could jump in here. You would be fine. But you'd be missing out on five years of one of the best shows to ever be on TV. So is that really what you want to do? Yeah, but even even miss, like, even say you start with Chris, Christopher Eccleston, you're still missing out on, you know, oh, nearly sure. 50 just... years of, of Doctor Who stuff, which... Oh, 
Sure, but the, the most people trying to get to watch anything before Eccleston is difficult. That's why I use Matt Smith as the example, because most people just consider New Who all of Who, and they're just, I'm not going to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> there could be an entire podcast in Doctor Who and how much I love the old stuff more than the new stuff, but that's for a different day um, and a different show. Remember, yeah. if you want me to cover Doctor Who, you can request <laughs> that. Nice, nice segue this. there. Yeah, if you just remember, reach out to me. That's what you want. God damn it, that'd be a difficult show to do, but I would do it. If enough people ask for it. Do you know what? We need to somehow do that every episode now. <laughs> just get in there. That's the show you want. Yeah. <laughs> Message me. Just, 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 I'll do it. Different shows each time. <laughs> if you really want me to cover the X-Files, I know Camille Nanjani did it better than I ever will, but I'll do it. <laughs> That's what you want. Um, anyhow, hostile makeover. I, uh, I want to start with, uh, I want to start with the Justice League or the Avengers or whatever the fuck they call them in this thing. Oh, I wrote this down. I only remember it's... their names. <laughs> Stars and Garters. I know. <laughs> Crusaders and Garters. Action League. <laughs> That's it. But I do like that, uh, was it Hank or Dean who says, Dad, basically Avengers are in the patio. Yes. Basically the Avengers. Pretty much basically the Avengers are on our patio. <laughs> Pretty much basically the Avengers are <laughs> the thing is though like just the all my stars and garters thing i remember googling that a while back and that's actually something that i think captain america said in the comics as well yeah yeah which is insane well it's just like such an old-fashioned thing to say which kind of fits his character in the comics yeah but totally i love how this one has high heels on as well Oh yeah, and like a full <laughs> garter belt. Everything it's he he's got the whole package. Everything about their their Avengers, like their New York Avengers, fucking cracks me up. I love them so much. I was like, Warriana's like part Thor, part Hulk, uh, not part Hulk, part Wonder Woman, and you've yep. got um, you know, just useless <laughs> Green Arrow with for, all of his feet arrows. For, yes. Fallen Arch, which is like part Hawkeye, part Green Arrow, because Hawkeye used to wear purple. Yeah, like, and it all just kind of works, and they're funny, and they're horrible. I love, I love Brock's reaction to the arrows, where it just turns like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I love that, and I love the truth whip on Brock, like, I don't even care about the boob thing, I want to do you! This what is my favorite arc in the whole season, is that. Is Brock and the archer? No, Brock and, Brock and uh, Royana. Oh, Royana. It. Which is called Heracles. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's it's great. It's honestly and like it just, my favorite. And it just keeps getting better. Totally. <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. It's just so good. This episode. I remember watching this episode for the first time, and I was sort of like, this is when I was catching up actually, because I'd, I'd gone through like a point where I'd watched it up to I think season three. And then I never knew when season four came out, and I never really watched it again uh, for for a long time. And then then I started watching it again from scratch. I was like, hey, you know what? There's got to be more episodes of this out now. And then like there was like four and five and six. I was like, oh yeah, this is great. Um, and I remember when I got to season six, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. And I actually just watched just season six about four times, one after the other, after the other, start to finish. And it's so good. I'm, I mean, that's the thing with season six is like you really feel that like rejuvenated passion for the show fully back. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, I'm not trying. And I know we are really hard on season five and I kind of feel bad about it going back on it. Cause I'm sure a lot of people love it, 
But you just compare it to the, what came before, and then especially what comes after, and it's like, yeah, this is the weak link in the season. Yeah, totally. Because we're you're one episode in, and it was kind of like uh, we'll get to it when we get to season seven. But like that first episode just has to nail that Venture Brothers feeling because you've had such a break. Like it's different. Like when uh, say like how Matt just watched it, where he had taken a break and he powered through all the seasons. If you were trying to stay up to date on this stuff, like I have been. This, the wait between four and five was rough. I mean, it was much shorter than between, say, three and four, but it was still a long time. So when it comes back, it's really going to come back like all firing on all cylinders, and this one really did. Yeah. I mean, that's the sort, that's the reason as well that I ended up um, missing four and, five, four and five and six when they first started, because I didn't even realize they were still making it anymore. Yeah. Because it had been that long, and then I just... I think I saw an advert on... I was watching TV one day and I just saw an advert for Venture Brothers Season 6 coming to FX or something on the U, in the UK. I was like, Season 6? I was like, hmm, going straight and downloading that. They like, went yeah. through just like 4, 5, and 6 were available. Like, they'd already been. I was like, oh, I'm happy as hell here. Because it's, it's yeah, a I pain in the ass to watch, to watch in the UK is the Venture Brothers. It really is. I've actually heard it's a pay, pretty much a pain in the ass anywhere outside of America. Yeah, it's ridiculously difficult to get to. I, I want to buy the Blu-rays, to be honest, because... I've bought every one of them. It's been worth it every time. The special features are great. The, yeah. the commentary is amazing. Uh, I If you're a Venture Brothers fan, I, I know times are tough, and it looks like we're about to hit another big recession no matter where you live. These are worth the investment, I think, <laughs> personally. Um, and then Ever Too Expensive, I think I got Season 7. I pre-ordered Season 7, I think, for 20 bucks. Yeah, but the problem is we have to import them because it's, again, that's only true. available in America. Well, fuck, dude. You're coming out in March. Just buy it then. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'll get someone to buy it from me on Amazon while I'm over there. Yeah. Have it delivered and then I'll There you go. It. Yeah. Done and done. Uh, so back into this uh, episode. Nick, what's your uh, – you agree with me. One of their best openers. What do you like about this episode? I think that what it – I mean, like, we talked about it a little bit that it, like, sets up pretty much from here until the show has what's left uh, off, right? Or as far as like we're from here until modern times for the show Uh, sets a lot of that up. It also sets up a lot of characters and kind of like the city and what's going to end up happening. Um, So you kind of get introduced to Wide Whale and who the council actually is. We got the pre-introduction at the end of Gargantua 2, but not, really like how it's going to operate you get to see a lot more of how the guild is going to end up working it's going to be different than when the sovereign was in charge like it's a lot of like last episode gargantua 2 was all about kind of like taking all the stuff that they felt like they had kind of finished up and tied off with a bow and send that off and this is taking everything that they want to explore and actually getting to explore it and moving on with it yeah and I, I think they do that great. And I also feel like the the two things they set up in this thing that are wonderful. Um, they saw set up that Dr. Miss and the Monarch will be in charge of the Council 13. I know they're all supposed to be equal, but clearly they're going to be listening to her. Yes. Um, and then they soft set up uh, for Season 7, the Peril Partnership, which we've already mentioned before this. But now there's two mentions to moving to Canada in this episode, which means moving to the Peril Partnership. So, like, there are, like, deep seeds in this thing being hinted at for, like, two years of TV. Yes, I mean, the Peril exactly. Partnership was set up, like, even earlier. I think it was it 
season three when uh, you see that video and there's like a pie chart yeah. and it's like the Guild of Clamorous Intent and Peril Partnership is one of the ones on that on that uh, pie chart of uh, the villains and things like that. And it's just like a tiny little thing there. And then they actually, you know, later on, they actually go with it. They, they take it and think, you know what? We're going to go with this as an actual part of the yeah. universe and explore they're it more. Big, yeah, they're a big antis- uh, uh, antagonist, thank you, in uh, season seven, the next season. Like the, how'd I forget the fucking word antagonist? <laughs> um, especially with this shit. Fuck. Uh, but yeah, I like I love all those little seeds and little things. And the the difference is that a lot of shows that have uh, an episode like this where it's all set up for years of TV, the episode would be kind of a it's like yeah, it'd be like watching the first episode of any season of Game of Thrones. It's like it was fine. It's just mostly setting everything up for what I'm about to see. So I guess I'll just wait till next week. Totally. And this one could have been that, but instead we get a fucking great episode with wonderful moments. We see Sergeant Hatred finally get fired in one of the funniest sequences ever. Oh, God. Like, I'm a bodyguard, so send me to go to guard somebody else. The only person we don't have is this guy here. Great, send me there. He's a beautiful boy genius. You're the last person I'd send to him. <laughs> it's the way he words it, though. He's like, <laughs> he's a nine-year-old boy. And he's as cute as a button. You are the last person I'm putting on him. <laughs> Jimmy Jigawatt. <laughs> Jimmy Jigawatt. I've forgotten the name, too. Fuck, that's good. Out of New uh, Missouri. Somewhere in New- in Missouri. <laughs> God, that was funny. I also like that we finally have... It's no longer Red Mantle and Dragoon. It's just Red Dragoon. I like that we finally got there. Totally. Um, That was just kind of a... It's going to end there sooner or later. Um, and the only thing really not set up in this episode that comes later, and I'm just sitting here with like on my hands, just waiting with excitement for the best character in the entire show to fucking show up. But the Red Death is coming. Yeah, yep. we'll be here. He is coming. I can't wait. <laughs> I hope I'm still on here when we get to that because Red Death is so so good. He's amazing. It, like, that, that bit that in, I think it's the second episode of the season seven is just oh god. We'll get, oh, we'll get the, to uh, it. when he murders fucking everyone. Kind of. The bit I was on about is the bit just before that where they're talking about like what they're gonna do, and I'll just I'll, I'll say it now. It's the bit where he goes, um, "Oh, I do like to kill." And it's like, "Oh, well, you get to break into an OSI dummy corp and kill." <laughs> it's so fuck. I'm just I'm so excited to get to that character, and I hate that we have to get through all the episodes to get to him. But he's just sitting there on the horizon. It's like, we're finally close to him. I can almost see him. Uh, I mean, I really but, hope he sticks around for a long time to come because he's such a good character. It's great. And just the actor is great. Everything about it is great. Yeah, Clancy Brown. He's not in this. Fucking amazing yes. voice on that guy. You know, I used to love, like, whenever I saw, like, any sort of film where he showed up, I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I watched, uh, like, really crappy films just because he's in it. And he's always great. And he, you. And he's a very nice guy. He used to come into the Starbucks Nick and I used to work in all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. 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 Very friendly dude. If you only knew. If I only knew <laughs> when I was still working at that Starbucks. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, what haven't we hit on this episode? I feel like we've been just kind of just talking about how great it is. Is there anything that we really haven't hit, though? I mean, we've got the uh, oh, you know, pirates it, it, back on Trank. I mean, that's funny, and I fucking love it, but there's not really much to say about it. You just yeah, kind of mention true. it happens. 
Uh, I don't think we've talked about the Wide Whale business deal. I was going to say Wide Whale and Brock are the two things that I feel like we've missed the most that we need yes. to talk a little bit about. Agreed. Um, well, I noticed for the first Brock, time just... here, Wide Whale's got webbed fingers. I never yep. noticed that. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've still noticed that. I'll have to pay attention next time. I, I'm, uh, just, I'm sort of doubting that he still has webbed fingers, though. I'm sort of thinking, is that a thing that they had and then got rid of? It's possible. If they're annoying to draw, I'm sure they would have gotten rid of it. I mean, hell, we lost an entire character because they got tired of doing his voice. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, who knows? Um, oh, there's Enzo's Taylor so, as well. That becomes quite a big part of the season. It does. Enzo definitely comes back around. Like, like I said, the, almost every scene in this episode is working for something, and that's not a bad thing. Like they're all, they all have a purpose. It's a very purpose-filled episode. Like, but I mean that in the best way. In the book, they basically say um, this is an episode about them moving in. Now, and the, the, there's no story to moving in, so it was just a case of, oh well, well, let's just do a lot of stuff, and you know, the big, the final sequence with Brock against the Crusaders Action League is literally there because they're like, well. We need something to happen in this episode. It can't just be an episode of them move in. So they, yeah. they, they created that whole sequence just to make something in happen in the episode. And it just speaks to like how much better they're on their game in this season because it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't feel it doesn't... like it's just an episode to set up. Like, like Nick always uses, the example Nick always uses, it doesn't feel like Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Sure, yeah. Yeah, or like I was going to say like a CW show. Like a lot of those shows, like I love them. They're great. But very often it's like, well, I guess they're going to fight somebody now because it's been 10 minutes. <laughs> this episode does not have that feeling at all. It's like, yeah, there's an action sequence at the end, but it felt organic and it worked. Yeah. Um, I just love how but, Help is jealous as well of J-Bot because J-Bot has legs. Oh, my God. I fucking love That's not the only reason he's... It's because yeah, I... J-Bot keeps getting all the jobs. <laughs> there yeah. is that, but it's that, that bit towards the end where like, uh, help him goes to like battle mode and then just looks down at the stairs and he's like oh <laughs> he's got a helicopter blades in his head he could have made it work it's true and he fucking kills that robot at the yeah. end so it's it just like, so blah then just shoves him off the roof <laughs> I can't remember is that the end of J-Bot yeah mm-hmm. you don't see okay. him ever again nope we only get helper from here on out <laughs> okay <laughs> way to go helper <laughs> help yourself that's right um so a little bit about wide whale uh his intro is kind of it, interesting it's like, muted. I don't know. yeah because he is such a major player for years to come after this yeah it's weird that they kind of give him this whole he's gonna arch dr venture storyline totally it's quite interesting now we've seen season seven knowing why he's done that because it's nothing to do with Doctor Venture. Yeah. And like, at mean, the time you're like, oh, what's his beef with Doctor Venture then? You have no idea that it's actually his issue is the monarch. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, it speaks to how great of a villain he is. Yeah. Totally. Because that's a that's a very good long game. Here's um, here's something I found interesting rewatching this, knowing kind of who um like Wide Whale is and his family and everything. The thing that I found interesting was I don't think I understood the first time watching this and maybe this is on purpose that Serena or Serena or is it Sirena? Serena, Serena, right? Serena. Serena is his daughter. Yeah. 
You never picked up on that? I don't think I understood that until much later in the show. I don't know why, and I'm interested to now continue watching it and see kind of why I felt that way. Because I remember feeling like, oh, it was this mystery of who she was. And I still felt that way watching it until I was like, wait a second. Why did I, how did I not pick up on this? I don't think I quite understood that Wide Whale was across the street. Yeah, I wonder. Like, now I wonder if, like, if I just always knew or if it's just that now that I know, I can't, I forgot that I didn't know. I don't think I knew in this episode, but I think in either the next one or the one after that, it's explicitly said that it's his daughter. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think you find out pretty fast. Yeah. But I don't and we do know that Widewell's across the street because the, when the Crusaders actually are trying to get him to buy in, they're right. like, across the street, you know, you've got Wide Whale or something. Or I can't remember if they actually say I don't think they name. say his name. I think I th- they just say, like, pure evil. Yeah, something street, like something that. Something like that. Um, all right, let's move on to, to Brock. Yeah. it's Brock uh, is back. This is, I mentioned... <laughs> I think I mentioned it two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that somehow Nick called this like fucking two years before it happened. And I don't know if that was just him getting lucky or if he actually knew. It was luck. <laughs> that time machine you've got, Nick. Share the information. <laughs> we could all do with going to the uh, race course and, you know, making millions and millions of pounds or dollars. But it's but it's one of those things that I actually, I enjoy how they did it. Cause it could have just been very cheap of like the show works better with Brock as a bodyguard. So he's back, but no, by making him a billionaire and actually like worth henching, they need a better bodyguard on him. So hatred is fucking fired. Cause he's terrible. And let's bring in the best. Exactly. Yeah. I-, I love how, I love how Brock uh, describes it as well. You're in the big leagues now. It's like, yeah, he always, uh, Rusty always thought he was the big guy, but he's not been that guy for yeah. a long time. And now he is. I don't think is. he ever was that guy. He might have been that guy right after his dad died and people thought he was going to carry the mantle. But as soon as they figured out Rusty is Rusty, yeah, they, they dropped that pretty quick. Yeah. But in his head, he's always been the oh, yeah, super oh, scientist. Of course. <laughs> he's he's yeah. at the top of his game year after year. He's got like an unbeaten record in his head. Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, he's probably he, right, but the problem is the top of his rec- <laughs> the top of his game is pretty shit. Yeah, I mean, we all remember Sneakies. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about. Oh, Walking Eye. Was... Walking Eye was great. Let's not forget uh, his taste in beverages. He's definitely the top of the game. Totally. The fact which, that fucking J-Bot brings, brings him a yes. red mocha cooler. <laughs> I'm just gonna point that out. <laughs> oh my god. J-Bot brings him a red mocha cooler. <laughs> and Helper had nothing. Helper had his slippers, like a dog. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, what haven't we hit? Uh, we didn't talk about how Hank has become Justin Bieber, which is annoying. Oh god. I'm happy that he. They. This is like a very short phase for him. That is also yeah. very believable. It's very Hank, oh, but totally, totally believable. But I'm glad it's over real fast. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I love that. I love that line that Brock has as well. It's just the irony of the line. What chicks really dig is a guy who's confident enough to be himself, like Steve McQueen. <laughs> just be Steve McQueen. You know, no, that's yeah. the opposite of what you're saying, there, Brock. Be yourself. <laughs> oh man, I also love that. You know, the confidence to be himself, like an actor yeah. who's always themselves. <laughs> I mean, like uh, to be fair, though, if. Of the actors he picked, Steve McQueen's a pretty good shout in terms of coolness. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, Steve McQueen's the best. I love Steve McQueen. Um, 
I think that's everything I had to say about this thing. Should we move into favorite performances? Yeah. Yeah? Does it feel feel like the right time? Yeah. Nick, why don't you go first? Who, who was your favorite? Who gave the best performance in Nick's eyes? Okay. So I actually have... I'm going to cheat. Well, no. I'll Uh-oh. tell you who I feel like. It was a great introduction to this character. It doesn't have a single line in the show, but I would say Serena. It sets up exactly everything that I think Hank wants, which is somebody who's just kind of like hanging out, doesn't really feel like they're going in a particular direction, which is where Hank is in his life right now, and has a good intro where Hank is trying to do the right thing, despite kind of being a creep, and turns out she's totally fine. She doesn't need his help. Yeah, Yeah, that works. It's just a really well-paced and, like, it's all animated, but I think they did a good job of introducing her as somebody that Hank would immediately fall in love with. That shot is spot-on perfect as well, like, where she she lifts her head up out of the water, you've got the hair going down one side, which is, like, you know, that's quite a a seductive pose anyway, like, where you've got, like, one eye covered with hair, and then she sort of throws it back, and then you see the gills, and it's, like, you're setting up so much about that character there. Right, exactly. Right there, if like you know, this is, and you can sort of, it's. I think it's sort of done that way to make it like put us in Hank's head of like, oh my god, this woman's amazing. Totally, and it yeah, works. I, it totally works. I wish she had a line because I just love her voice actor so much. But yeah, so we good. get there. Yeah, we'll she get shows it. up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit different. Um, mine, I think most people could see coming just because I've talked about how much I love her on this show and the fact that she just keeps doing more voices on the show just makes me love her even more. Kate McKinnon? It's got to be Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Kate McKinnon is Warriana. And Dot Com. She did two voices yeah. this episode. Dot Com was um, great. Both of them are great. Dot Com, I, I <laughs> totally did not think Dot Com's, like, the one, the one line that Dot Com has in here is so good as well. Like, the, uh, is it going to be more women on in the council? I, I would like to see more diverse. <laughs> the... The only reason that line is great is because of the two follow-up lines of the black man going well, and people of and color. Then the and then the guy. purple guy. <laughs> and the purple guy. And people of color. <laughs> oh, Fucking God. hell. Um, but no, Kate, Car- Kate McKinnon is great on every... She's great with every character she's ever voiced in the show. It's been great every time. But there's something like she really gets Wariana and they are. she's just fucking hysterical. I had no idea that was Kate McKinnon. No, and that's like it that's, speaks volumes about how good of a voice actor yeah. she is because you never know it's her, and it's not like she has some like very like easy to miss voice. Like usually you can tell her voice when she starts talking, but no, yeah. she hides it well. I wish mean, she's done that a few times though. Like I think I remember pointing out to you guys every voice she's had in the show. Yeah, every I time. Can't remember which character it was, but when I pointed out that it was her, you were like saying, "Oh my god, I I love her even more because of that." I can't remember which. I character think it's it when was. she did both the mom and the daughter. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. It was everybody comes to Hanks, and she did both the mum and yeah. the daughter. Yeah, that had to be it. Uh, what about you? Favorite performance, Matt? Um, Patrick Warburton as Bo- Brock in this. Just like the, the that's a great one. The every line he delivers in this episode is just so good. Like the performance and everything like that, and you know, just just oh, I know I mentioned it earlier on, but the the way he says it when those arrows come flying across and hit him in the face, he just goes, just turns, who the fuck are you? It's just like this. <laughs> It's like he just—it's like a fly bugging him or something like that. It just oh, he's just so spot on, perfect in this episode. It really is. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're to say Patrick Warburton for favorite performance with any episode he's in, you're gonna be right every time. I mean, you can never go wrong picking him. Yeah. 
but uh, it's just stands out stands out like perfectly in this in this episode yeah it's a good brock episode for sure uh okay i think that's everything so we'll say our plugs and say goodbye um be sure to check out everything on the ATH, Net- ath network including after the hype damage boost demon days and oh my god uh samwise fucking samwise good <laughs> lord my brain is not working today uh be sure to check out superstore now should be now playing on nbc to support my wife and nick have you uh have you decided to reveal your plug yet mm, no okay <laughs> i have and what are you plugging matt well i've been uh teasing it for about uh, what feels like months now Probably because I've been working on it for what feels like months now, because there's been a <laughs> lot of research to do. But I am going to be writing. Well, I am writing. I've started it. It's a going to be a four-part article series on the entire Stargate franchise, which is 25 years old this October. <sighs> First one will be about the film. Second one will be about Stargate SG-1. The third one will be about Atlantis. The fourth one will be about Universe. Origins, which I had to, which I watched last night, and my God, is that shit! And <laughs> and then like you know, future of like you know the potential future of the franchise as well, and it's going to be once a week every throughout all of October, basically starting on the fourth of October. And yeah, I have been working on this, working so hard on this, and I cannot wait for it to be out because there is so much in there that I want to talk about. You know, I've I've been writing it, I've done the first part already i'm on the second part and i've written maybe like a page and a half just on richard dean anderson at the moment in the series so yeah it's gonna be big it's gonna be huge i mean i've been saying this for ages it's gonna be huge this is why i broke it down to four parts it's gonna be that big and i am so looking forward to getting it out i'm excited to read as much as i can of it and hopefully you'll convince me to watch the show because there's a lot to watch and it sounds like uh could be fun maybe I like the movie, I guess. That, the series is way better than the film. I've been told. Yeah. Uh, so we'll keep an eye out for that. Coming out very, very soon throughout the month of October. So please keep an eye out. Tell your friends if you've ever been interested at all in Stargate. This is where you're going to find your everything you could ever want to know, right? Everything? Pretty much. Everything? Yeah. Perfect. Might break the website again when it goes live. There's a l- One can only hope for you know both scenarios. Yeah, there's a, there's... Please don't break our website. But, you know, we like the traffic, too. Yeah. So, you know. There's a lot of people to retweet this one to who are yeah. quite active as well. Like, the, the Atlantis part, that's going to get retweeted to Jason Momoa. Well, of course. How could you not? Uh, I'm going to say goodbye, because my room is getting super fucking hot, and I'm going to die. Uh, so, I'm going to stop recording now and say bye. Bye. Bye.